0: hey friends you're listening to the remote work bestie podcast i'm your host Daniela flores you might have seen me on cnbc time buzzfeed or my blog i like to dabble talking about money side hustles and remote careers because i'm pretty obsessed with demystifying and busting open all of the above so what even is this podcast remote work bestie is here to challenge the traditional nine-to-five 40-hour work week and help you navigate a more flexible way of working and living Join me every week as I chat with experts and other remote work besties to help you navigate the world of work and money in a non-boring, exposing, weird, and fun way. Today, I'm chatting with one of the first people I connected with when I started writing online. Danielle Desir Corbett is a multi-passionate writer, podcast marketing coach, and host of The Thought Card, a top-rated affordable luxury travel and personal finance podcast, encouraging others to live on their terms and make informed financial decisions. Since this stuff is her bread and butter, we'll be talking all about traveling with a full-time job.
1: Let's get into it.
0: So I'm so excited to get into this conversation. Danielle, tell us a little bit about your story, your business, and how you got to where you are now.
1: Absolutely. So I'm a full-time entrepreneur over a year and a half now, which is like so exciting. But for seven years, I was building my career as a grants administrator and also side hustling. And my side hustle was the Thought Card blog and the Thought Card podcast. And that platform is all about affording travel and building wealth and having this travel live like filled lifestyle which has been so important to me. My family really didn't take me on vacations outside of going to Haiti every summer and that was amazing and it's an experience that I can't even replicate right now with my son. But going to Disney and doing like other things like road trips that a lot of like American families have, I didn't have that So by the time college and grad school came around, it's like, I want to go out and explore, but the finances was like a question mark. So my platform was really about documenting this like struggle that I had, which was trying to travel, building a career, paying off student loan debt, trying to buy a house and just following like my financial journey. And it was very like, it was very therapeutic, but also very informative and really fun. And I always had this vision of like, I would love to take this full time, but I just really couldn't imagine what that would look like. And I know, Daniela, we talked about this many times of like, we really loved our nine to fives or, you know, it was okay. It was like, you know, okay in, in the best sense, but a lot has changed since then. And like I mentioned, I'm an entrepreneur now and my life is filled with podcasting, travel and personal finance.
0: I didn't know that you were a grants administrator before this, which makes perfect sense because of your grants <laughs> program, which by the way, I'm a part of your sub stack. I've been been looking at ways I could use that too. So that, that is so cool. Were you wor- working remotely, I guess? Well, during the pandemic, I think you were, right?
1: Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Where did, were you working
0: remotely before that? And or did they ask you to come back after that?
1: So there are a couple of stages. So I commuted about an hour and 45 minutes one way to work via train. And it was rough, like it was really rough. And for me, my mentality was like, "Well, I got to do what I have to do." And it's true, you have to do what you have to do. But it was very taxing on me to that commute. But during that commute, I also like worked on my blog, so I had purpose, right? Even though it was a long commute, I had purpose and all of that kind of thing. But I eventually negotiated working remotely two days a week, and that negotiation came about. I was offered another job in a different department in the same organization. And I was like, leverage, if you want me to stay, I'll stay. But you have to bump up the pay and you also have to give me this two days a week remote. And it was, it was really actually like tumultuous because my manager didn't even have those benefits. And here I am, like her, you know, they're so subordinate, like having these privileges. But that's what it took. Like, I really wanted to advocate for myself. So by the time the pandemic hit, I just was able to, you know, just do 100% remote. Interestingly enough, when they were talking about coming back into the office, there was this power play where they were like, yes, everyone's coming back into the office X and Y, Z date. But I was like, you don't even know that I'm leaving. (laughs) (laughs) So you can try to pretend and flex and do all this, but I'm gone. Right. So I never ended up going back into the office because I already had put in my notice.
0: Oh, that's awesome! I love that. That like response to that, like, ah, oh, too bad, I'm gone anyway. I remember when we both were talking about, like, we couldn't imagine. This was back, I think, in 2019, before 2020, because I we had doing we done a video for Launch Your Side Hustle, and we were talking about, oh, we can't really visualize leaving our jobs. I think I was more focused then on the fire movement, like financial independence, retire early. I was trying to retire early, and I was like, I don't know if I can do that without my job. And so I was really limiting myself back then, I think, where I was like, oh, I'll probably always do this for as long as I'm working or like I get to a certain number, you know, like all these things that really don't make much sense. We just kind of
1: make them up in our minds.
0: (laughs) And I love that we both like basically did the exact opposite. And we're just we're having fun.
1: Yes, it's it's been a crazy it's been a crazy uh, journey. And I feel like, you know, we're all on Twitter following each other. So there were a couple of other influencers who are quitting their jobs. And it just like gave motivation to be like, yes, like they can do it, I can do it. So it honestly, it's it, I was cutting myself short, right? The question should have been, how can I make this happen? Like challenge myself versus cutting myself off and saying, no, this will never happen, regardless of the salary. Because now look at us now. Like we are actually living the dream that we thought we could never obtain. So it's interesting how our mind could play trickles on, on us sometimes, you know. Oh,
0: absolutely. And like there's been a huge difference and improvement like in my own my overall quality of life since i've done so even though right now i'm making less than what i was making at my job you know this won't always be that way though and i know that and i knew what i was getting myself into but like the quality of life it's i can't put a price on that but it's also a privilege to be able to save up that amount of money not you know now with what i make some some months i maybe i won't pay myself because i want money in the bank for my business but that's like a privilege because you know not everybody has a privilege to be like oh well work isn't all about money because I mean, work is the way that we earn money or like able to live our lives in this world. So yeah. Has any like huge improvements that you've like realized since you've left corporate?
1: Oh, like huge because yeah. funny enough, because I was leaving corporate and I found out I was pregnant right after oh, yeah! giving yeah, my notice. Time. Yeah. So it was like, it was just, just a lot happening. And so just having the flexibility to be like, I don't feel well. I can just turn off and not have to feel like, you know, power through it was like just one of the amazing benefits at the time. But also like I'm super creative in the morning and it kind of wanes down after that. And I could turn it back on forcibly, but it's never the same as like this authentic organic creativity in the morning. Yeah. But I could leverage that now as a creator because I can wake up and I can just work and uninterrupted, which is like really nice. So I think being able to follow your natural rhythm, your creativity rhythm is one of the many benefits now. I also feel empowered to be able to take on more like speaking engagements that require travel or that's in the middle of the day. Like I used to feel like I was missing out on a lot of things because they're just all over the place. Um, during work hours. So I feel like I can seize opportunities a bit more. I feel more visible also to my community and all the spaces because I don't have that restraint and and constriction. So a lot of amazing benefits, but I love working from home and working remotely. So those are like, you know, the things yes. I definitely would not go back to, you know, I would definitely never give that up again forever.
0: Yeah. Right. Like remote work is a hundred percent a must for me. Yeah, Absolutely. So I know you're very passionate about travel as a financial priority and both like a priority in your life. So can you expand on that a bit more and talk about the myth that, you know, you can't travel while you're working a job or pursuing other financial goals. Like it's this financial priority. A lot of people like push to the back, I guess, because they think they can't.
1: I've always been this and person, like I want to travel and build wealth. I want to, you know, travel and be a homeowner. Like there's just a lot of these things that you a lot of times society feels like and says that you can't do both, but I've always been a challenger and seeing how is it possible for me to do both and be my full self because traveling and building wealth is my full self. If I would just devote my life to just building wealth, I would be giving up a really big component of my life. So that's part one. Travel is a lifestyle choice too. I think a lot of people make it like travel is an option. It's optional. But if you are able to create systems like having a savings account dedicated to travel and making sure that it's a priority like your phone bill or your gym membership or anything like that, you end up actually allocating as much money or even more to that priority as you would at anything else. So building up those systems really allowed me to not only have the mindset that travel is a lifestyle, but also have the finances to back that. Travel is a lifestyle. So that's part two, and then part three: having travel as part of my business, of part of my creative process, also definitely promotes and helps with that too, because now. I have leisure travel, but I also have business travel that is for professional development or for different campaigns I'm working with or partners. So I've really intentionally over the times, like really built in travel to every fabric of my life, not only just like this lifestyle, but also a big part of my business as well.
0: I was about to ask you like, why is travel and having location independence in your work so important? But I mean, like everything about you, everything about your life, everything about your business, I mean, says that because you need that. That kind of freedom in order to to thrive as your full self, which I think, you know, like that's what we all kind of want in our work. We want to be able to make an, an impact and also show up as our full selves. I guess some people describe it as like this out-of-body experience sometimes when you're going into an office and you're fulfilling a certain duty within like the boxes that they place you in. I just, I love your whole message.
1: <laughs> My husband literally says this to me every time he leaves and has to say goodbye to our son. He's like, oh, it's like a pain experience. And that's a daily occurrence for, you know, for him. I feel a pain when I'm going to like a work trip, but that's like very few far in between. So I just can imagine like having to do something every day. And I was doing this for like seven years, like doing things that you really, truly don't want to. It's it's yeah. really tough. But also thinking about like my future, like I want to be a stay at home mama one day. And it's, you know, he's already won. So I, I want to <laughs> be like a work, you know, I actually want to like homeschool him. So if that's a priority for me, like the remote flexibility of that, like is very important. Even world schooling, where you're able to travel with your kids and like, you know, actually show them tangible, like, let's go to the Greek Coliseum or Roman Coliseums. Let's go to Athens or, you know, let's learn history like at the destination, those are things that are very difficult if you're confined to like five days of vacation time. So it's very important, not only now but also to the future as well.
0: I don't have kids, so I did not know what world schooling was until you just said it. Can you like describe that a little bit? I think it's so cool, and anybody who's listening with kids like that wants to do this, maybe.
1: Yeah. So I I am not a good spokesperson, so I refer to <laughs> Google. I refer to Google. Oh for yeah, this. of course. Yes. Everyone look <laughs> but, it up too. Yes, exactly. But. I know there are different variations and subsections of like remote schooling and homeschooling. And there is a subset where you're able to actually like take them outside of the textbooks and and actually go on location and do physical things with them like on the ground, which I think is really interesting. So I don't know all the details of it, but I'm like, yeah. I will. Let's right. talk about this in five years. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I'll right. It down by then, right? Yes, absolutely. Yes.
0: So you've been traveling while you're working, you know, before you had a business with your job, did you have to, I guess, negotiate any certain terms or like when you were traveling with your laptop, did you have to let them know where you were or like if you had to work while you were traveling, of course?
1: Interestingly enough, there were actually a couple times I worked remotely. Like I was like, let's say in California and I'm based in Connecticut. So I was, I was out of state and there wasn't really a lot of, restrictions. I know some organizations they do have restrictions like you can't be out of the country, you know, this, but there weren't that I knew of. And that could be as a result of being in, in academia because a lot of our faculty are living abroad. They're from abroad. So yeah. that could just be a construct of like my job. But there were no no restrictions or anything like that. I wonder if things have changed, you know, since we've turned remote a lot of us are now even more remote. But back then there was nothing, but I really had to, there were a couple ways I was traveling while working full time. Sometimes I would take days off, but other times, as long as I was able to just log in during those work hours, like I was totally fine. So yeah, I was very, it was very freeing not having, I just had to just make sure I was logged in when I was supposed to log in and clock in every day.
0: Yeah. Like that's a similar experience. I had to like, I've been working remote, like in a hybrid or fully remote situation for most of my career. And, like, in the beginning, or actually, most of the time, yeah, there weren't any specific guidelines until, like, there was the one company, it was a government contracting agency that worked with the Veteran Affairs Office. They had just like anything outside North America, let us know. But besides that, I never had like anybody up front tell me or them having a policy that said anything about that because I think it was just more rare and it was like more siloed, I think, per manager, per team, per whatever. So yeah, it's interesting. I mean, now it probably is changing a lot because companies are creating a lot of these policies around remote work so they can control it more and they are becoming more strict about certain things, you know, just like concerning their tax status in certain states or countries. But do you have any tips for others looking to fit more travel in their lives, like with their job, thinking that maybe they can't take enough time off, like if they only do have five days of vacation?
1: Yes. So I have a book all on this called Traveling with a Full-Time Job. I made it like super clear title. Yes, And I I spelled out quite a few strategies that I use. But the one I want to talk about today is tacking on like holidays. So for me personally, I found there's two parts. It was like using holidays in a tangent to your vacation time to be able to extend it Also utilizing like red eyes on Friday evenings so that you are able to, by the time you wake up, you're already at your destination, you know, the next on Saturday. So those are some of the tactics that I use that were really, really helpful. Also coupling that with cheap flights, because part of the constraint we have is like time, like it's tough because we only have like five days or 10 days a year, but then also finances, like another layer of like, okay, it's tough, right? So yeah. with that being said, I would map out, actually I would sit down every year and look at all of the holidays that my job would give me. So those are like free days. Woohoo, great. Yeah. And then I would tack on to look at, okay, when are prices for flights typically less expensive? Typically that's January for Martin Luther King weekend. Actually for Valentine's day weekend, if you book six months early And up, then that is also, and then Thanksgiving day, like Thanksgiving day is also typically really good Mm. for cheap flights. So I would make sure to be able to, okay, let let me leave on a Friday evening. Let me add, you know, make sure my holidays, I'm attaching my vacation days to my holidays. And then actually the last two weeks of the year. So you have like Christmas and New Year's, which is like typically two days, right? You get two free days. So if you're traveling around that time, you get two free days from the holiday time. So those are some of those like little hacks. But a lot of it just started off with looking at whatever the calendar that your work schedule has. And then sitting down with your calendar and mapping it out, having a clear vision as like these are open travel days and seeing what opportunities and what flights and what vacation packages are available as a result of that.
0: Yeah. I love that. Especially like on Thanksgiving day, I found that out the the hard way because I was trying to, I think our flight had gotten like canceled or we were stuck the last past couple of years where it's like horrible during the holidays. And then we ended up going on Thanksgiving. I was like, well, this is actually cheaper. <laughs>
1: significantly cheaper. Absolutely.
0: Back when I was working at, so I used to work at like Lauren Taylor at the further IT department in downtown St. Louis. And I was a hybrid remote worker then. And they were, they started introducing like one day work from home. And that became like two to three days. And I had used all my vacation one year, but I wanted to go to Florida or my wife and I, it was basically right before we got engaged, but I was like trying to negotiate extra vacation time. And instead I was like, so can I bring my laptop and I'll work regular hours. And they were able to like, let me do that. But that's because they did have somewhat of a policy in place. So they, they knew like, okay, this person works while remote, like we can depend on them to be online.
1: Did you ever do anything like that? I didn't do anything like that, but like just thinking of my immediate family, like I remember when I was um, about to give birth, I was in the hospital for an extended amount of time. Mm -hmm. And because my mom's job had a remote work, they were flexible. Like she could say, hey, there is extreme, like a this is extreme circumstances. I have to be like on the ground with my daughter. Is this possible because of the circumstances? And they said, yes, they were very open. And actually she took like a month, a full month. She just went all in on that. But I do feel like if you have a good relationship with your manager, just human to human, like, hey, I need time away from the office for this reason. And you'll be surprised, but if you don't ask and you don't make your case, like it's always gonna be a no, right? So I think that's really being upfront with your manager, I think could be really, really. also I was a manager. So I know if my like coordinator came to me, I'm always very empathetic and I'm always like, yeah, you know, as long as our our work is done, (laughs) we're good to go. And I wish more managers were like that.
0: Yeah. My my manager was very understanding. And most of the time when I had those kind of conversations with them, it was like either family oriented or medical oriented with family. Um, I came from a home that was multi-generational. So a lot of the times we had our grandparents, like other family members living with us. And for a long time, I helped my mom take care of my grandpa. So they were very empathetic with that too. And they let me work remotely while doing that because like, yeah, just talking about like humans, you know, they kind of know your family situation most of the time. Anyway, if you're like, you're friendly with your boss, they're not They're not all
1: evil. They're not all bad. (laughs) I agree. I agree.
0: So this topic around like ethical travel with remote work has been kind of a rising hot topic, especially with like, I guess, gentrification that goes on in certain countries, especially like Portugal and Mexico with a lot of remote workers relocating. And then just the topic around like, like there's certain countries that have a visa that's for like digital nomad or remote workers so you can pay taxes while you work from there. But a lot of a lot of people can get away on like a tourist visa and they don't really end up contributing. For me, I haven't stayed like long-term in another country besides Canada and that was on a work visa. And then when we moved here, you know, I became a resident and I pay taxes and like, yeah, I'm part of Washington now. So like, besides that though, are there any other tips for like traveling ethically as a remote worker, like visiting the places that you do and not maybe negatively impacting them in any way?
1: You know, for this question, it made me think about especially for like my audience and the kind of topics I talk about is financially savvy travel, meaning that we are spending money on the experiences and items that we value and ditching the rest, but that's not at the expense of the local community, which means that I feel like it's important. Like, yes, we're, you know, budget conscious and we're trying to save and all of that. But when you are spending, think about making the effort to spend locally versus like this big box chain that actually comes with doing some research ahead of time, where you're going, but also like when you're on the ground, whether you're staying with like an Airbnb host, like ask them, Hey, is there like a mom and pop shop or a restaurant that is multi-generational that has been around for a really long time? Like that's not chain. So these are some of the questions that I think has really kept me like grounded where it's not like I'm not trying to just like spend nothing, but when I am spending, making sure that it's tied to like a cause and real people that making a real impact in their community, I think is something that financially savvy budget travelers aren't thinking about. It's just like skimping, skimping low, low, low versus like how do we positively impact um the community that we're in. So that was that was like my frame of mind when I was approach when I was approaching that question
0: yeah absolutely like to feed the local community and don't give your money to something that probably takes away from it and
1: which is more enjoyable
0: anyway like shop at the local shops go to the local restaurants because that's like where the better better food and the better stuff is anyway and i mean a lot of that too isn't necessarily expensive stay away from the the chain restaurants you can go to them at home of course don't also i guess litter you know Same kind of thought that goes into like when you go out into nature and stuff, like obviously treat it
1: with respect and you're a visitor. I went to the Valley of Fire, um, which is like an hour and a half from Vegas, from the Strip. And they had this sign that really made me think differently. The sign said if each visitor to the state park took one pebble, there would be like football fields of missing rock from the state park every year. Wow. And I was like, what? Like, oh my gosh. Like this is what I would typically do, just to have <laughs> like pieces of rocks to just like sitting on my shelf or something like that. Yeah. And it made me realize, like, wow, like if every person is, has that mentality, like that can be devastating, like to the environment. So that's one thing that I, I picked up recently. I'm like, okay, I leave footprints and memories are here in my head and on my camera. And that's about it. I love like rocks,
0: so (laughs) I will not, I mean, I don't take anything from national parks and I probably shouldn't from other places too. It was fascinating. I took a big crystal I found at Lake Cushman about a couple weeks ago. That's the only thing I've taken for a long time. But I was like, this thing, I was like, I picked it up. I'm like, this is an actual crystal. Just like like this. I'm taking it. But I mean, yeah, Lake Cushman isn't, I guess, visited that often, but anybody listening? Yeah, I'm problematic. I need to stop taking rocks (laughs) from places.
1: we learned right like I didn't know that I was like oh that's really in- and that, you know that that's really interesting you know it, it was just fascinating just fascinating to think about so right absolutely
0: so I have this question I've been asking all of my guests recently just because I think it's a fun topic but what's like the weirdest most oddest thing that's ever happened to you at work maybe while remotely or like in working in your business or it could be a couple things Yeah,
1: (laughs) there's a couple. I think there were like two things. So for some reason, my name is Danielle, but people call me Denise. Why? Mm -hmm. I don't know why. It bothers me. I mean, even if they said Desiree, I get it. Like, cause Desiree, Desiree, my last name, like I get it. But Denise is nowhere near Danielle. And it's just offensive. (laughs) I'm just like, what? This is weird. So that's one. And then sometimes I get like, especially when I go to like conferences, there will be someone that come to, comes to me and they're talking about like their one black friend or like the time that they had this experience with a black person. I'm like, uh, this is number one, not appropriate. And I don't freaking care. <laughs> so right. it's, it, it's also makes it like, Okay, the color divide, like, it just brings it out. You know what I mean? Like, it's just weird. So, you know, when you're making a connection with someone, like maybe a cultural connection, or something like, you know, there's a way to do it, than to just bring up, like, make the person feel token, you know, like tokened out. So, I think those are the two things. And that actually really recently happened to me again, recently. Um, oh So, yeah. And a lot of times it happens like for an older crowd too, like, you know, they're more senior. They feel the need to like connect with you in that way. It's just not necessary. Thank you.
0: Okay. Yeah. That would be very <laughs> awkward. And it's like, why, what possesses people to to say? That like, right. Exactly. And the, the name thing I, it happens to me all the time. People cannot see the A at the end of my my name, or they can't see half my name. I'm either Daniel or Danielle. Oh no! Oh, my God, or like, I've gotten other one? ones too, like Derek. I've gotten it. like sometimes I think they just read like the first letter. I mean, and they'll like make up the rest of it. I mean, most of this happened in well, still happens now, but like at my job where people just did not take the time. But I was like, I'm always very, I guess, paranoid about names. I have to get them right. Especially like I worked with a lot of people that were from like a lot of different countries. So like they're making sure I got their names right. That it was like to me, it's like, how could you not? (laughs) I mean, like, it's not that hard. There's an A at the end or, you know, whatever.
1: Especially when I'm like emailing folks, because, you know, we could be hasty when you're emailing. So I always just take the time and relook at the name displayed and make sure I write it out. Like no shorthand, no Danny, no Dan. No, it's full Danielle. It's full Daniela. Like, let's just put it out. (laughs) You know, like that's what it is. Unless they come to you and say, hey, you can call me by, you know, Jack or whatever. Like, cool. But just use the name that is displayed. Like that's appreciated.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's right there. It's, it's on the email. It's not that. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Danielle. Go ahead and tell folks where they can find you, how they can work with you. Plug all the things. I love all of your books.
1: Well, thank you so much, podcast besties. Like, oh my goodness, I'm very happy for you. <laughs> very, very happy for you. Um, so let's connect over on my podcast, the Thought Card podcast, all about affordable luxury travel and personal finance been running for the last five years. So there's over like 130 episodes for you to binge, lots of content. Also really active on Twitter. So the Thought Card on Twitter, the Danielle Desire on Instagram, and a great resource after this conversation is my book, my ebook, Traveling with a Full-Time Job, which spells out all of my favorite strategies when I had a nine to five job that was really demanding. So that's all the ways that you can connect with me.
0: Thank you so much, Danielle. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Remote Work Bestie. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And if you want to tell me about the weirdest things that's ever happened to you at work or have any questions you'd like me to answer on the podcast, email remoteworkbestie at gmail.com. See you next week.